We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Great attack on watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to this very special crossover episode, College to Canton Meets Ready Bet Action. I am uh, lucky enough to be on both these shows, and so I thought, why not get together, all of us here tonight, to talk about College Championship Week which kicks off tomorrow, Friday. So we've got Travis from College to Kent. We've got Eric from Ready Bet Action. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Travis, you just got done working the Thursday night game. How are you doing? Uh, any any takeaways after what was uh, much higher scoring than, than I uh, anticipated and what we thought on the show last night when we uh, we were kind of on the under? Well, I mean, and how many games do, would you just be like, hey, um, yeah, I think I should put the over under at 76 total points in, <laughs> yeah. in, in the NFL. Like that's that's not super common unless it's, you know, you're talking about like Miami or Kansas City from maybe earlier in the season being involved. But uh yeah, so I not not many huge takeaways other than uh Cowboys still good. Um Dak still very freaking good. I know people like to like to hate on him, but uh that's just not a good idea this year, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. Um, so Travis is joining us from uh, College to Canton, where we talk about um, all the greatest prospects and kind of follow them into the NFL and then into the Hall of Fame, hence the name. So we have a lot of fun diving into analytics, talking about stats. Uh, Travis works over at Mojo, where he kind of runs or he helps set the prices or does set the prices uh, for like athletes and kind of like in a stock market setting so it's super fun um travis what 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 projects are you working on uh well i've been uh diving into a bunch of sack avoidance metrics and how to build that into uh quarterback analysis as well as uh, adding kind of a, another prong to the uh, uh scheme adjusted pass efficiency metric that i kind of built out so to kind of look through a few lenses customizing like completion percentage over expected adjusted yards over expected and then kind of a, a modified look at uh, EPA per play, uh, building in some sack avoidance uh, to that, which is way too complicated to, to really <laughs> get. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And so I love nerding out with that kind of thing. Yeah, it's super fun uh, chatting with you every week uh, over there talking about all this stuff. And 
it really does help with your fantasy lineups. It helps project draft capital. That's a lot of what you do. So that's super fun. Eric is joining us from Ready Bet Action. Eric, tell us a little bit about that show, uh, what you do over there, and why it is so much fun. Because it is. You are muted, my dude. Look at that. Technical difficulties, like, right out of the gate. No, no. Our goal, our goal over at RBA is to really, like, make betting really accessible for kind of the basic user. And um, what that means is we're not giving you the same bets necessarily that everybody else is, which is kind of the basic spread covers and over-unders. We're trying to find you a lot of value um, and some fun ways to bet games. And we're trying to explain that in a way that's really easy to understand for kind of the basic, um, maybe the new better, maybe the person who's just coming into it, someone who's looking for quick picks. So you'll see our shows be really like 10 minutes, 12 minutes long. You'll see us do really quick social media bites um, out there. We're not this like hour and a half show. Today's show is probably gonna be a little longer um, because we're here to talk about college football and it's super exciting. But in general, we're very short, quick hit uh, type segment. And we're trying to get people out there just thinking about betting in in different ways. So that's what that's what we're doing. We have a lot of fun. Yeah, we uh, and we cover all the sports, so it's it's super fun. So uh, tonight, though, we're going to get into the college football championship week. We're just going to kind of go through the games in order as they're going to be played. So we're going to start with Friday's slate. And uh, I, I'm excited to not only talk about the game from a betting perspective, but also hear um, some thoughts on some of the players in these games, some big name players, some players that can really rise and fall throughout this process. Uh, I know Travis last year, right before the playoffs, like we kind of did this segment where we're like, who could really elevate their draft stock over the next six weeks, you know, mm -hmm. as we go through bowl season and whatnot. So we're going to start off right now. Let's jump into the first game, which is a real, uh, most people are like, oh, Friday, Pac-12 championship. But no, before the Pac-12 championship, we have Conference USA championship taking place in Lynchburg, Virginia, where New Mexico State uh, who just knocked off your team, Travis, in Auburn in a really disappointing <laughs> performance for them. And then they turn around and uh, test Bama. It's just perfect. Um, but they take on Liberty. Uh, Liberty is favored by 11 and a half, and the total is 56 and a half. Um, Travis, I'd love to hear your take on the game in general, but I also want to kind of hear your take um, on the Liberty quarterback, uh, Salter, here, uh, putting together another really good year. Liberty, of course, undefeated right now. He's a big reason why uh, he probably will finish the year with over a thousand rushing yards. Yeah. Uh, absolutely crazy. So, so Travis, what are some of your thoughts on him or anyone else you might want to keep an eye on in this game? Yeah. So, kid, again, it's New Mexico State Liberty. We don't have to spend a ton of time hey, on it. Hey, we could just spend the whole show on this because it's gonna be no, fun. That, gonna be and this is like, uh, like, and that, but seriously, that, that would have been such an Auburn thing to do. To lose to New Mexico State and then beat Bama, and if it yeah. weren't for a fourth and thirty-one conversion, they would have. So, uh, just just so incredible being an Auburn fan, it really is. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, Caden Seltzer has been the best G five quarterback in the country this year, and it's actually um, not super close. Like by most of the numbers that matter, like he's been that dude. Like I mean, it, it, when adjusting for schedule, like comparing him to Power Five quarterbacks he still wouldn't even be like in the top 18 power five quarterbacks probably but in, as far as g5 performance goes it's been wild like 12 percent of his passes have gone for touchdowns this year and he's a crazy dual threat who adds like almost like 80 yards on the ground per game so 
uh, really almost unstoppable. Like he, he chucks the ball downfield. Like his average at the target's crazy. And so he's like, you just yellow balling it. And so his completion percentage is a little bit low, but uh, he's really fun. And, and people forget, I think, or maybe just had no idea that he was at Tennessee first. Like he kind of got in trouble there and lost his opportunity, but he could have actually gone off at Tennessee had he not kind of screwed up his opportunity at Tennessee. Like he's a, he was a four-star kind of like solid quarterback talent. And then when you put him in a scheme, which is basically like a triple option passing mess that um, has just dominated uh, the G5 level of play for a couple of years under Jamie Chadwell, obviously prior to this, it was at coastal Carolina. Now it's at Liberty. Um, just a perfect combination of, of things going on for Caden Salter to just dominate this year. So I'm really intrigued to see what he does. If he actually uh, sticks around or if he transfers out, because uh, he's put up some insane uh, numbers this year. He, he could definitely hop in the portal uh, and get a legit uh, power five starting gig uh, somewhere. Well, he'd probably make more money than he'd make if he tried to <laughs> go pro or something oh, yeah. like that or state yeah. liberties. So. Yeah, but he's still, I mean, he's he's got some uh, few years of eligibility, <laughs> yeah. I think, just because of how, how it's gone down. And Diego probably is really see- good too. But, um, Did y'all see Matt Rule today, though, with his uh, his comment on uh, – on college quarter, a good a good transfer quarterback costing you one to three million dollars or something along those lines. That's a it's just interesting yeah. world we're living in right now. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. I was gonna talk about Pavia today too, but you you take it away. You, I'm sure you know more about him than I do. No, he, I'm not. I won't. I won't spoil it all then. But he's just another by the numbers that matter. He's been a top ten ish G five quarterback all year long. Yep. Um And so it wasn't any surprise that he was uh, doing well against uh, an Auburn team that just can't really figure their own crap out uh, most of the time. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll let you lead the way with, with him. But he's, in terms of, like, his EPA per play has been his decent. His, uh, you know, total adjusted net yards per attempt is way above average for, like, your typical, yep. you know, G5 quarterback. So, by the numbers, it's really fun. And, yes, it's probably schematically boosted because it's a fun offense there too. But, but still really fun to see him come out of really nowhere this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think with him, I so I um full transparency, I live uh 3 hours north of Las Cruces, New Mexico in Albuquerque. <laughs> so, I've been watching this kid uh this year. It was really interesting to see them start the year because it was a little disappointing um coming out of the gate to see New Mexico State come out a little bit flat, but honestly, they've been pretty pretty on fire since. Honestly, since they lost to Liberty initially, uh, 33 to 17, like, which is why I'm actually coming with this one. I have a couple, um, I, I do think in general, New Mexico state, not to jump around too much, New Mexico state's a little outclassed by Liberty here. Uh, although I don't know if I necessarily love the 11 and a half point spread. Uh, however, I really do like the over, hold on, let me make sure I get the number right over 57. Uh, that we have here last time I can get you 56 play. and a half on DraftKings. It, it, okay. Well, so it's over 56 <laughs> and a half then. Um, I like this because last time they played the, the total was 50. So um, I think you have a, uh, uh, a quarterback in Pavia who's playing much better than he was the last time they played and has only gotten better kind of as the year has gone on. Um, and you're going to see him uh, come out and perform. I mean, the dude hung 31 on, I mean, I know it's Auburn. I know it's a down year. But it's like you put 31 on SEC defense. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty impressive. So um, I really do like the over 57 for them to get, well, sorry, over 56 and a half. Let's be very clear go. to get at least one more touchdown than both these teams scored 
in their last game, I don't think it's completely unreasonable. So that's actually probably that that's that's my most that's my official pick for this game would be that over 57 total. I also really like Liberty over minus six and a half. You in the first half, you can get this in the first or second half, but I like it more in the first half. Like I said, I just think that New Mexico State's a little outclassed here. Um, which y'all can agree or or disagree with for sure. Um, I think in the end, Liberty takes care of business, but I do like Liberty by a touchdown in the first half. I do like the over a little bit more in this game. Now, what's the likelihood, Travis, that Pavia pees on, like he just like whips it out and pees on the Liberty field like he did at the UNM field? Did you hear this story? You seem confused. <laughs> no. I oh, didn't. you guys didn't hear the story. I, I didn't hear that one either. There's a TikTok video of Pavia. <laughs> peeing on the UNM University of New Mexico practice that like he snuck in and other players snuck into the practice field this year and he drops it, <laughs> drops his drawers and he is peeing on the UNM logo on their indoor practice facility. Oh my God. So the likelihood of that happening, I guess is a little less likely in a neutral field game, but that's my, that's my commentary on Pavia <laughs> in the game. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I would say, yeah, this is, I, I like the over if I'm going to, I'm right there with you and, and just, mm-hmm. we can move on to another game, but, but well, I, I'm, I'd be worried about a backdoor cover ruining that plus 11 and a half. Here's the thing. You yeah. guys are, you guys are forgetting about the emotion of college football and the revenge <laughs> factor. Who, yeah. Did New Mexico State just beat that we were talking about? Auburn. Auburn. And who's <laughs> Auburn's coach? Please. Uh, and where did he come from? Liberty. 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 So liberty, liberty, liberty wants to avenge their coach who left them. <laughs> I don't know about I'm taking Liberty. I'm taking Liberty minus 11 and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a this is a stretch of an that, argument. That yeah. stretch, <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to uh where I'll be uh stressing like a crazy person. We've got Oregon versus Washington in Vegas in the Pac-12 championship game. Final one. Uh the total set at 65 and a half, big number there. And we have Oregon last I checked was minus nine and a half right around there. I am terrified of this game from a betting perspective, really excited to watch this from just a gameplay. Just, I'm just curious to see this rematch, see how it plays out. Penix to me has, I mean, not just to me, he's not looked as good. He's not playing as well as he was earlier this year. Oregon's defense has really stepped up. Dan Lanning has done such a great job with this team, getting them dialed in and focused. I'm scared as hell though because I've watched this game enough time, enough times as a Ducks fan to uh, to get nervous. So um, I'm not gonna have any official plays on this, but uh, I think just because I'm so such a pessimistic fan, I will be putting my own money on Washington plus nine and a half. I probably can find a ten somewhere. But Stephon but I'm not bets playing against it. his own team. I don't feel like this is an official play. Stefan just bets against his own team. Yeah, no, no. I said not an official play. We can't take that. All right, I'll give I'll give you a couple of my plays. I want Travis to talk about the players involved because he is obviously um, very knowledgeable about uh, the players that are involved in this game. Um, My favorite plays in this game because I actually like Oregon to win this game, and I like them. I don't know if I like them to cover. Just tens a big number after like this is Oregon's only loss. So I I'm a little scared of the ten as well. Um, However these are some high powered offenses. So you can get Washington over three and a half touchdowns right now at plus plus one ten. If you don't like 
the actual touchdown number. So if you don't like them to score four touchdowns, which I like both of these, um, you can go take them over 27 and a half um, Washington team total at minus 105. Uh, I, I love Penix. I think he's legit. My personal opinion is you give the Heisman to whoever wins this game. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if we're all on board for that, but it's like let's just give the Heisman to whoever wins this game. Um, I'm down. And uh, yeah, give it to Bo Nix if he wins. Give it to Penix if he wins. Um, I just think there's a lot of points to be had. 20, 28 points, whether you're going to three and a half touchdowns or 27 and a half, depending on what kind of juice you like. Um, I really like in this game. So Travis, could you tell us more though about the details and the players involved in this game, what you like and don't like. I, I specifically would love to hear you talk about, I know everyone loves to talk about quarterbacks, but Bo Nix is someone that people have kind of poo pooed on for so long. And now last year he was incredible this year. He's looking unbelievable with that um, completion percentage. How much has he helped his stock? And do you think he could be after like Drake may kind of having a not so Drake amazing season? Could he be the QB two or could he be the QB three? Like, could he even get into that top five conversation? So I think, uh, I think for most people, with that first question, with that last question rather, Caleb Williams and Drake May are most likely still going to be their quarterback one and two. Uh, right now, actually, the in the last week or so, Jaden Daniels is your consensus quarterback three. Uh, if you look at a larger sample, that hasn't been the case for very long. And so, you know, some like J.J. McCarthy still. He's been kind of down some like Bonix still or some like P- Michael Penix still. But uh, I think where it's going to settle is that Jaden Daniels is going to be the consensus QB three. And after that, yeah. it seems like how this, this play playoff situation, the conference weekend situation plays out. I think that's probably going to dictate in many cases uh, the final evaluation and uh, where McCarthy and, and Knicks and Penix rank in uh, four through six for the class. But Penix uh, and Knicks have helped their stock immensely. Uh, I think no matter what happens, Jane Daniels is still the runaway Heisman winner uh, because the LSU offense is the uh, second most efficient offense uh, in the history of the entire sport uh, wow. of all time. Like there's That's a great yeah. the only like in terms of yards per play, the only offense to ever be more efficient by that measure was the 2018 Oklahoma team that just was putting up like video game numbers in like the, the Big 12, and it was just crazy. And it, it, so that season. It, it, it seemed like that was like the tail end of the Big 12 just not playing defense, you know? Like they shifted short, shortly thereafter. But Jaden Daniels did that, just did that against the, the SEC primarily and like just just ripped people to shreds, averaging almost 11 yards per play. Uh, so he's he's the dude. He is the Heisman in my book, no matter how. Like both quarterbacks could throw 10 touchdowns in this game, and Jaden Daniels would be uh, the Heisman winner for me. But um, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> I think, yeah. uh, Indirectly, I, yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm Indirectly. very passionate about Jaden Daniels at this point. But uh, under is actually my play with the points. Uh, neither of these teams, uh, I, don't, I believe, have hit 66 points in, either, in any of the last three games that they played in. Uh, Washington's offense is actually training in the wrong direction. Penix himself has barely completed half his passes for the past three, three weeks. All season long, he's been a negative in the rushing category, but specifically in the last four games, again, he's not even running at all. Uh, it's, so it's just, I think Oregon does well enough to contain him uh, in the pocket even more so than the first time around and on a neutral site. I like them to maybe cover, but that's not my play 
uh, this time of year, especially books are shading all the juice uh, on the over just because people like betting overs. And so, yep. um, you know, it's, it's basically always safe to assume the true probable, uh, like even their internal modeling probably says that it's like, Hey, look, the under is probably the true probability. Like, uh, <laughs> like that's, that's the midpoint, the median lives on the yep. other side. Uh, so I'm going to go with the under uh, just based on how this, this is trending and how Oregon's defense has been playing. And, um, and I think that they, they do well enough on the ground to control the game down the stretch. Bucky Irving, whether it's him or Jordan, Dan- yeah. Jordan James, whether it's him, they do amazing things. They, they've got a, a wide receiver in Troy Franklin who can run 23 miles an hour on the wanted, field. To, I wanted to hear you talk about Troy Dang. Franklin a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and Ferguson too, because uh, I think both could be for yeah. their position. Pretty, pretty good values on draft day, even with Troy Franklin going probably second round. Yeah, and Troy, Frank, Troy Franklin should be a first rounder. I get, uh, you know, the people that really love to dig into the film analysis and everything will critique, um, you know, you know how he gets into his breaks or out of his breaks or whatever. But he, uh, frankly, he just he just looks too effortless in how he gets open, how he wins underneath. That offense does a really great job of getting him open. Uh, Bonix leads him, and and he's king of the act this year. Uh, just I don't know, two two weeks ago, he did it twice. Uh, just ridiculously in long plays. Uh, I really like Troy Franklin. He's got a near perfect, immaculate production profile from an analytic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Just like three plus um, like yards per team pass attempt, ridiculous elite level, like 99th percentile EPA per play, and uh, is, virtually every single uh, metric you want to throw out. Like he's near the top this year, and he was already kind of there trending. Uh, in terms of like year two standards for uh, typical like college careers, like he was 95th percentile plus for year two standards even last year. So um, analytically speaking, he's got it. He's got elite speed. I really like Troy Frank Franklin. He should be a first rounder, but right now he's consensus like wide receiver seven or eight or something like that in, in the mock mm-hmm. data, which is um, just It'll selling him way short. In my he's going to be a steal. Remember Travis when he came out and I was like, "Why would he choose Oregon? I love Oregon, but this is like, <laughs> why would any receiver choose to go there? They spread the ball around too much." And he was like, "No, no, no, not once I get there, they don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take it." Well, yeah, and that's interesting. I know they're different receivers. Like I just, and again, I'm not, I'm not as as deep in the players, but I, I remember specifically people talking last year about a receiver who wasn't as great at his. uh you know, his speed and his preciseness and all of this stuff. And uh, now all of a sudden we have this guy, Puka Nakua, who's like a top NFL receiver out there. And it seems like you're saying similar, like it seems like you're saying that like, people are saying similar things about Troy Franklin. And you're just like, the dude just gets open and catches balls and like, is going to be elite and he's going to be up there. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, I think worst case you're talking about like, Oh, he's a late round two draft. Pick. Yep. Like, that's the low end. And uh, I think when it's all said and done, he's a late first. But uh, and that's we haven't we haven't even talked about the other really good wide receiver Rome, maybe. receivers in this, uh, mm-hmm. this game. And Roma Dunze or Tez Johnson, really his teammates really Crazy. good too. Uh, but Roma Dunze, um, he's going like almost all the time in, in between in, like the mocks right now in between pick eleven and pick twenty seven. So it's pretty certain that he's going to be a first rounder as well. Uh, I wish Jalen McMillan had stayed healthy all year. Because uh, I think he would be an early pick as well, but he's been battling an injury. I'm not sure what he's going to do. Uh, and Jalen Polk, because McMillan has been out, has really benefited from yeah. uh, some volume stats. Uh, but I'm not really sure on his uh, pro upside um, necessarily. He's he's getting drafted like wide receiver 10, 11, 12, something like that in most spots. 
in mocks that go deeper than one or two rounds, but uh, I, I'm not really quite there with Polk yet. Um, you know, I think he, he's got some drop issues. Um, so I don't know. Not really high as high on him, but Adunze is a yeah. freaking beast. So yeah. maybe if it is that Washington does stay and they do stop and they do cover, um, it's going to be because Adunze just balled it and mossed somebody a couple times. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> like that's well, like that's their play. Like Dylan Johnson's been good, but like I think he had like a boot on last week at some point. Yeah, so that's what I heard too. Um, man, that's I was that's one option. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And I I think that like <clears throat> I was looking through these teams this last week, and I was just thinking like I was looking through like how these games went after that first UW Oregon game. And Oregon has honestly been one of the more dominant teams out of these like college football playoff teams than almost anyone. Like they have had no scares whatsoever since that loss to UW. Like they had maybe a slow start or two, but they have essentially dominated since losing to University of Washington. And UW has not had the same success. They actually had the opposite happen to where they actually were had multiple scares and have had to pull off some things to get to where they're at. And I just think Oregon is coming into this like super dominant, ready to go, locked in. Now, I don't know how that translates to the college football playoff. Hopefully we're all back here in a week or two talking about the college football playoff and how that translates. I just think Oregon's too good and too strong right now for Washington to overcome that. Uh, and I think all of us seem to be staying away from that spread, though. So, <laughs> yeah, I will say, yeah. don't do not bet Washington to make the playoff. Bet them to win the game if that's what you think, because the line to, to win the game is plus three hundred, oh, yeah. plus two sixty. So it's just stupid. Yep. Um. So anyway, let's move on to um, Ford Field. Uh, you know, nothing says Vegas like Detroit. We've got the MAC championship. We've got Miami, Ohio plus eight versus Toledo, a low total of 44. Toledo kind of been uh, all over the place, but I know we like them uh, quite a bit. Travis, talk us through. I know a lot of people probably don't know a lot of players. Um, I only know of a few, and, and I do the College to Canton podcast with you. <laughs> Why don't you tell us some of the, the key key names to, to know in this game? So the, the the main name that matters is the one that's not in it, and that's uh, Brett Gabbert, who actually was doing okay for Miami of Ohio earlier in the year. He he's been out since I think it was mid October, uh, and they've just been rolling with Avian Smith, who's basically just a running back that happens to play quarterback by you know necessity uh, for Miami of Ohio, and so he's just not it. And so like he's got I think two passing touchdowns in his last five games, I think to two interceptions i think that's what it is i'm pretty sure um and he's you know he racks it up on the ground a little bit but not in the way that you would think for a guy that that you know should be putting up better numbers if he can't pass um and he can't really run elite like he's not crazy fast either so that's a problem and so to me daquan finn the quarterback on the other side he is crazy athletic he is crazy fast he's put up over 500 rushing yards again um he flashes in like the top 10 like fastest ball carriers every once in a while about like one at once out of every three weeks. Cause he, he can run like 21, 22 miles an hour as a quarterback. Uh, and he can actually pass too. Uh, so to me, um, Toledo is just going to be playing around with, uh, with Miami after first quarter or two. And so plus eight is just not it 
Like it's like the books probably open the line at the wrong spot and they know it. And so they're like, Oh crap, let's uh, let's put it all the way up to eight. Don't even mess around with seven and a, and a, and a hook. Let's just make it eight. So it looks really ugly. So no one takes Toledo uh, just hoping that we don't get absolutely destroyed. Um, but if, <laughs> but I'm going to destroy them. So yeah, Toledo by <laughs> a lot. I love that. I'm right there I, with I, you. I was, I was telling Stefan before this, that I, this is actually the one I don't have a pick on because to be quite honest, I don't know enough about these teams. Yeah. So I'm, I'm ready to roll with what you got, Travis. And I am going to now bet Toledo by a lot of points. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, well, and there's a couple you, players are great too. Like Penny Boone, like he transferred from Maryland. Uh, he was kind of a, you know, by power five standards, he's more of a plotter, but like he's been really efficient because he's been adding a bunch of stuff after contact and just, like you mapped like his rushing yard uh, like over expected <laughs> like he's really good too like it's g5 competition but he's really incredible uh Jawan newton uh for them at wide receivers uh, just an absolute baller so like when i go across the board like the skill position players the quarterback um the the, 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 the mac defenses are mac defenses uh but toledo just they're a little bit deeper uh, from what i can tell and it makes sense because toledo has like more um i got assets and uh available money even to, to play with so it just makes sense that they're here like every single year and in this era of play they're going to be here every year and they're going to win this game most years yep it sounds good yep, to I, me i like it i like it let's move on big game big impact on potentially what takes place in the college football playoff we are going to arlington where we have the big 12 championship game oklahoma state plus 15 versus texas the total of 55 Texas could be back and still miss the playoffs, y'all. And I'm here for it. I think bring the chaos, bring a lasso. Let's go crazy. Uh, I'm all crazy. about a Texas win and them somehow not making the playoffs. <laughs> man, I look. That would be look, too good. Oh, it would man. be too good. There are so many crazy scenarios. Like this would happen in the last year that we only have four teams. Like how how absolutely insane is that and i can kick us off with man i just think oklahoma state cover i think 15 and a half is too much not because i think oklahoma state's like a great team um but because i'm looking at similar teams across the big 12 that that um that texas played this year and they're not covering this number man like they're not covering this number against iowa state they only won by 10 Against TCU, they won by three. Against Kansas State, they won by three. So I'm looking at other like Big 12 teams that are really good over the last, or that sorry, that are more in the top half of the Big 12 over the last like four to six weeks. And Texas isn't covering 15 and a half. So that's really what I'm going off of. I think Gundy is a good coach. I think they've overperformed this year more than like. Obviously, the definition of overperformed means they've done more than they should have. And I think 15 and a half is a big number. And uh, I just I don't see Texas necessarily covering this. And uh, y'all can definitely feel free to to disagree with me. I, I just I, I think they win. I think 15 and a half is just too big. So that's my that's my betting take on it. Would love to hear what y'all have to think about it, though. No. Dave, I feel like we haven't really heard a lot of your opinions and thoughts on things. I feel like it's mostly... Oh, no, I agree. I think 15 and a half is way too big, Eric. I, I think most people would agree with that. Um, mm -hmm. Sorry. I No, I, I'm not playing the total. I mean, I'm not playing anything on this game, actually. I have no idea what's going to happen. I can see Texas trying to get style points and sure. try to put up 50 again like they did last week. All I know is, yep. 
uh, to me, the most employee, most important player in this game. Like if you listen to Josh Pate's show, he always talks about like the padlock stats, like show me Ollie Gordon's rushing stats at the end of the game. And I think we have a pretty good idea if Oklahoma state covers or not, if Texas is D line, which is the best in the big 12 um, can slow him down. I think it's going to be a world of hurt for Oklahoma state. And I think Texas could do some damage. Um, yeah. Texas was one of my uh, preseason dark horse favorites for, well, not really a dark horse, but I, our, on our bold prediction, Travis, um, on our bold prediction episode, I had Florida State and Texas both making the playoffs. So we're so close. I don't think we get them both, though. But um, I think Texas definitely wins. I'd be shocked if they didn't. That's kind of also what Texas does. I'm excited to see Quinn Ewers. I'm excited to see Xavier Worthy. I love JT Sanders. Like I think this Texas offense is just so fun to watch. Honestly, I've not much watched Oklahoma State, so it'll be fun to get eyes on Ollie Gordon as well. Um, what a stupid year he's had. 20 touchdowns, uh, over 1,500 yards, absolutely bananas. And, and he's re he's really the reason why um, why they're here. Uh, I know Bowman's done some work too, but um, excited for the game. Uh, not really touching it from a betting perspective. Um, if I could bet on player props, for college football here in Colorado, but we can't. Uh, I, I would definitely uh, be looking at the the Ollie Gordon number, and I'd probably take the under. Man, I'm not going to help people because I'm I'm going to I'm going to play this kind of opposite. <laughs> so people let's listen. Do it. No, no, let's who to do it. listen let's to? The Travis guy or the the people who actually do the betting podcast? But <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I would actually play the number all the way up to uh, Texas, like minus sixteen and a half. It would still be uh, playing. All right uh for me um and i think you know it's 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 a lot to do i mean the, the transitive property doesn't work in college football we, you know given we started off the show talking about new mexico state auburn and alabama and that 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 triangle and that venn, venn diagram yeah. of polarity uh but um <clears throat> yeah so it doesn't really work work that way but oh, oklahoma state has been trending in the wrong direction for uh for three weeks now um they just struggled uh, against byu a week ago they yes they got the w but it was a backup quarterback who's not good. Uh, they, they struggled again, actually giving up a lot of points to, to Houston, which Houston's been an absolute freaking mess uh, most bad. of this year. It's uh, bad, yeah. Just been really bad. And then the week before, you guys remember what the score was against UCF? Just like, oh, it was bad. Two. Dude, it's 45 to three. I knew it yeah. was three. I, could, I, I couldn't it remember. It is 45 but... to three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, not, and, and none of those teams. Or even in the same stratosphere, from a depth standpoint, from a, a blue chip yeah. standpoint, from a like a, you know depth in the trenches, or even like you know legit like NFL upside kind of passing uh, quarterback play or wide receiver play. Like it's just, I mean, Houston has a good tree of wide receivers, but like they, they just can't always hit them. Uh, but Texas is ridiculous, man. Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy yeah. in the trenches <laughs> are both probably going to be top 100 picks next spring. They're just massive human beings that are going to throw some people around up front. <laughs> I know Oklahoma, State, Oklahoma State's, you know, they're gym, gym rats and lunch pail guys, um, yep. you know, but Texas, it's freaking like ogres with like 4.440s, you know? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's not fair. And then Jalen Ford, like right behind, even if you get past those guys, Jalen Ford's averaging like eight or nine tackles a game, and he's probably going to be, you know, a top 120 pick linebacker at the next level as well. And um, so I don't know. It's just Texas, I think, matches up really well against Oklahoma State's strengths. And if they do get behind, Alan Bowman 
which by the numbers has been QB 46 among power five passers this year is not more interceptions than touchdowns. Dude, it's been gross. Man. Yeah. Like it's just like uh, among, among 50, like six guys with adequate sample sizes to really group them together. He's number 46 by the numbers that matter. And that's the, that's the long and short of it. I can break it down, but Alan Bowman is really bad by a power five standards. And so to me, Bet this all the way at minus 16.5. Like, I don't care. Like, with, with pretty awesome, like, confidence. Like, it's just, it's just not the, the same Texas. And so they yeah. have to prove it right now. There are tons of situations where they get left out of the playoff unless they have that, you know, 59 to 0 Ohio State Wisconsin game. You know, like, we can't lead this team out. They need to have that game that says we can't lead they this team out. They have to. Yeah. So, they have, they they have to cover this spread to make the playoff. They're going like, to run it up then, if they can't. And then, uh, then other things have to happen. This is absolutely true. Yeah. This is absolutely true. I'm I'm definitely counting on Gundy's coaching to somehow, like, contain this and not to win, but to contain and to be successful towards this. The man has had a successful coaching uh, streak, obviously, at Oklahoma State. I'm very curious what he has to do against sark and uh the obviously they're overmatched but it's it's a big number so we're gonna see i like i like your breakdown though you might convince me to swing it and just go ahead and bet uh texas minus there we go and a half. there we go <laughs> now we're getting somewhere yeah <laughs> all right let's um any players that i mean we've talked about xavier worthy a ton on the college kitten podcast someone we really really love over there um anyone else you want to talk about or anyone in specific um we can go through some of these other games a little bit quicker but um Mm -hmm. you know the the the, the, this is texas baby Uh, ad mitchell's a freaking baller like he's like the discount version of whatever people want keon coleman to be like this year he's probably going to go a full round later in the real draft um yet like i like him quite a bit and he has some similar uh, marks in his production profile like you know he hasn't had the the volume even that uh, Keon Coleman had at times, but like this year he's had like his best career year. And I think he's going to have really early draft capital actually when it's all said and done, probably around two uh, draft pick this year. So AD Mitchell is somebody I'm, I'm really pumped about as well as Xavier worthy uh, in the future. When Jonathan Brooks recovers from his ACL, like he was pushing running back one conversation before he went down this year. So stinks that he's not going to be there, but CJ Baxter has a real opportunity to just say, Hey, get excited about next year guys because i'm here to stay i'm here to here to put my foot down as the the next awesome texas running back and he was the five star coming in this year as uh you know the exciting true freshman um at at the position like in the entire country like he was it and so uh, i want i want to see what he can do in in prime time in the most important game of his young career yeah i like it um Man, it is sad that Jonathan Brooks went down. I was taking too many lip so victory sad. laps. So it was my fault he got injured. Um, let's let's move on to the Mountain West. Uh, we're going to yeah. go to Nevada. We're going to see Boise State minus two and a half against UNLV. Total of 59. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Wrong team is favored. I like UNLV Boom. in this game. And I like oh. him by quite a bit. Uh, you so, stole so- my pick. I love it. <laughs> I was going to go. Dude, I am all over UNLV. Plus 120, if you go get it right now, I think UNLV should totally be favored here uh, at home, nonetheless, right? This game is in Vegas, or am I getting that wrong? I'm pretty sure it's in Vegas. 
Not that they're they're like Legion, Legion Stadium, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not that they have like a huge home field advantage over there at UNLV, but man, they got the better quarterback. This my Via guy is like doing great. Boise State is not the power they used to be. They have a lot of similar wins across the Mountain West this year, including being some of the teams I really loved this year, like Air Force until they really fell off. Uh, those kind of things. And I just, man, I love that I'm getting UNLV at plus money to win this game. And I am all over it. I'm taking UNLV. They're scoring a ton of points this year. And I just love them. Travis, where are you at with this one? <laughs> man, Boise State is a dumpster fire. Like, they're not what they, they're not what they, I don't know what they're doing even in this game. Uh, yes. It's just wild that they're even here because, Mm -hmm. If you watch, it makes your eyes bleed just watching uh, Boise State <laughs> football. Like, Taylor Green is horrible. Mac, like, Maddox Madsen was horrible even when yes. he was in. But you like Ashton, okay. right? Made... Huh? You like Ashton, though, right? The running back? Yeah, I'm all, yeah, GNT's awesome. Hawaiian's okay, you know? Like, GNT's yeah. actually got, I mean, if his per-game profile this year, you know, it, it's it doesn't work out the same when you adjust for strength of schedule. But, like, his per-game profile this year is, like, number one in the entire freaking country yeah at the position well i remember um, you talking about him a couple weeks ago so that's yeah like, i was like i mean he's a complete dumpster fire he's, you like one guy but <laughs> one yeah, of the I, 22. I do like one player uh on basically the entire team like well eric McAllister, i like him but he's not even on the team anymore so like like their best wide receiver is not gonna be in this game because he jumped in the portal and was like peace guys i'm out i so, played him uh, in dfs a couple times this year yeah so like you're without your best wide receiver um, the only player you have is a running back. Your quarterback is also really just a running back. Uh, and, you know, even the backup that wasn't the backup for a second is not a good quarterback. So, I don't know. They just don't have a lot going for them at all. Um, and they don't match up well on the back end versus UNLV. Like, Jaden Mayava has been a top 10-ish uh, G5 quarterback all season yep. long. And it's really much in part to the emergence of, well, he's been here, done that before at, at a couple of spots as well. But Ricky White. Athletically speaking, yeah. nobody in the entire Mountain West matches up against Ricky White. Uh, I mean, he has like 1,300-plus receiving yards this, this year for a reason. He's dominating all the market share stats, all the volume, all the efficiency, everything. He's like – I think it's it's not close to 20 yards per reception, but it's like 17.3. Um, 17 like, yeah, right, right. So it's he's just an incredible deep threat, but he can beat you underneath. He can beat you in so many ways. Uh, they're going to have a, a, some explosives and uh, probably get out to a lead in this spot. I don't like the the rushing attack for UNLV as much. Like Vincent Davis, I think was well, he was a pit transfer, right? Like he's a, like he, he transferred for a reason. Uh, he's not really a high upside guy at the position. So yes, I like Boise State's rushing attack, but I like the explosiveness of UNLV, uh, and I think they match up really well. And so yeah, I think the wrong team is favored. <laughs> like they probably have the line up yeah. like a full three four points. It seems. It's absolutely Boise State's dominance of the Mountain West since they joined that is like taking this line and making them a favorite. Like, I can't think of anything. And, and I don't know if it's the public or what, but like, obviously, they've dominated the Mountain West since they've been there. And like, this is not the year for them, though. And I think it's an opportunity for people to make some money on UNLV this year. Yep. All right. We are going to be back with probably uh, National Championship Light. Uh, the SEC championship right after this break from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back. Let's get into the SEC championship game. Georgia minus five and a half versus Alabama. Total at 54 and a half. Can you guys talk me out of just going with Georgia right here? Because that's kind of what I want to do. I'm struggling, man. I'm... I struggle with this one, not because I don't think that Georgia should win by minus five and a half. I absolutely think they should, and they would in a national title game. My struggle with this is that Georgia is the only team out of the four that is absolutely in the college football playoff, no matter what. Like, there is no scenario to me that Georgia is not making the college football playoff. If they lose this game, maybe they lose by like 30. I don't know. But like, that's if not going to happen. Florida so like, State, I don't see if it. Florida State, Washington, um, both win, they're both undefeated. Yeah. Um, who's Michigan's the other one? Undefeated. Michigan's undefeated. Michigan. And then it would be so, Bama because they just beat them in the conference game. They got to win I, to get in. You can't, I don't. If, if, in that scenario, you're not going to leave out an undefeated Florida State. I'm not sure you don't put Georgia Washington. in over Florida, Florida State <laughs> in that exact scenario. Honestly, like I really don't. Like I, I would still put Georgia in over Florida State in that scenario, which is probably crazy. But like, I just don't know if Georgia's motivations are there. And like, I don't know, man. Like, high stakes college football playoff or championship. I'm absolutely all over Georgia minus five and a half, and that's probably what I'm gonna bet. But I would love to hear what you all have to think about this. <laughs> this is a tricky one. Carson Beck's been the top 10 quarterback in the country this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the running backs are coming around. Like the explosives are coming around for Kendall Milton. Dejan Edwards has been really good. The wide receivers are actually pretty deep <laughs> for, for what uh, they are at Georgia. Uh, they have Brock Bowers, uh, who is sitting out to make sure he got right. And then they have really good defense. Like they don't have the trench play that they had uh, two years ago, uh, but they've got a bunch of uh, big athletic dudes that can just cause enough havoc. Um, And I'm not sure what approach they'll have. I'm not sure if they'll play the rush three 
one spy drop seven thing that that Auburn did for like basically the entire game, including the final play, uh, leaving a spy on their quarterback 31, you know, in fourth and 31. I don't think that they're going to do that exact play, but I think that they'll figure out a way to contain um, Jalen Milrow. And if they can force him to make enough, uh, you know, correct calls in the intermediate areas of the field or the underneath areas of the field, rather than just chucking it deep to Jermaine Burton or, or getting, you know, you know, lucky because Isaiah Bond finds a soft spot 18, 19 yards downfield outside the hashes uh, in the, the most critical moment of the game and early in the game. Um, if they can just avoid those explosive plays and mistakes, uh, I think Georgia probably covers this, uh, not by a huge number, but probably by at least a touchdown. Uh, and so I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Uh, Alabama has been trending upwards, uh, but I think that they're pretty, they're still pretty limited despite how well. Milrow has been playing. They're not the same Alabama as of late, and I think that's going to get exposed against, you know, the best team in the country. They really yeah. are. They're really – When I did I say earlier that Oregon has been the most dominant? Because I, I meant to say that Oregon has been the most dominant second to Georgia and Michigan this year yeah. <laughs> as far as teams. This, so, so if I misspoke, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, So so we're both leaning Georgia here. Uh, Travis and I, uh, Eric, you're. I'm gonna hop on, man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna hop on. Sure. <laughs> I'm not 100, percent but I'm gonna yeah. hop on. Like my only hesitation is uh, that I do think they're in, and maybe that's just my like. I think I have a personal bias that Florida State's like schedule is trash, and like undefeated doesn't mean as much with them. But that's me, and not the college football playoff committee. So I'm sure. Kirby Smart is in there. You don't want to. You have to win this game. Yeah, you don't want to leave it in. You don't want to leave it in none of the people's hands. No doubt. Sure. No doubt. Um, yeah, exactly. I like it. I like it. I'm back on the minus five and a half for sure. Is Carson Beck gonna go pro or is Carson Beck gonna come back for a four? Oh, he should. Oh, he should come back. He should definitely come back. Like he he waited he this will. long. Like he's year four right now, and he's just now in his yeah. first year starting. Like. Dude, next yep. year, just come back. Like you're not going to go over Caleb Williams. You're not going to go over Drake May. Heck, you're not going to go over Jaden Daniels. Like so, your absolute ceiling if you go off for 500 yards apiece over the next three, three games, uh, is is you know QB four. Like why do that when like the 2025 quarterback class looks like absolute hot steaming garbage? Uh, so come back, improve your stock, surrounded by a whole bunch of future NFL players. Um, there's no reason to go this year for him. I like that. Um, yeah, but he is someone who's been climbing for sure um, and rapidly this year because he has had, like you said, uh, when we started talking about them, uh, absolutely fantastic year. One of the better quarterbacks this this season, probably the best quarterback in the SEC. Uh, let's move on to the A, uh, the American Athletic Conference uh, taking place in New Orleans. We've got SMU plus three and a half versus Tulane. Um, Travis, take us away here. Total of 47 points. Um, I like Michael Pratt quite a bit um, in this game, which is why I would lean to the minus three and a half. I know SMU has looked good. Preston Stone to me. I don't even know if he, he's, he's out. not, he's yeah. out. He wasn't that impressive to me anyway. So the fact that he's your starting quarterback like, and now you got someone worse than him uh, makes me nervous. Uh, so yeah. I, 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 I like Rhett Lashley, but I'm not a huge fan of this spot for SMU. So I'm going to lean to lane and the, uh, Pratt's another guy. You think he goes pro, or do you think he transfers? Well, it's funny. I, I on all the a bunch of I listen to nothing but college football media like every day, 
Uh, a bunch of people are like, oh, yeah, I, I'm hearing he might go pro. Like, dude's already accepted his senior bowl invite, guys. Like, like I mean, he's yeah. he's that says that says I'm going pro unless something changes drastically. Drastically, like he wanted, you know, he needed to secure that spot. But weeks ago, he actually accepted his senior bowl invite at this point. So uh, he's going pro unless something gets weird and Tulane musters up, you know, four million dollars for him to come back or something weird. But I also don't think he's going to jump in the portal even if he does return because he he had the opportunity to do so last year and he came back anyway. Uh, so I think if he does come back, that's great for Tulane because Tulane uh, really um, – I know they did okay the one week without him, but I think they really do rely on him in their offense for the most part. Um, but I think he's going pro. Like It's it's a good spot. He's probably a late day three pick. Um, but, you know, I, I, I know that you know somebody's going to tell him he's not, uh, but that's that's realistically where he's going to go. But, yeah, he's a pro he's – pro, he's a pro body. He's going to be on the team for a while. So – that's more than a lot of AAC, which is which stands for, by the way, in my my opinion, the almost athletic conference. Like, <laughs> you know, um, just mean. Yeah, I mean it's accurate, but uh, <laughs> you know, m- most quarterbacks at that level of play, you know, are, the, are not going to be on NFL teams. So I think he is going right. to be. But J- Breston Stone was actually a very plus value quarterback for much of the year. He had kind of an in- inconsistent window this year, um, and his you know his completion percentage just isn't great. But everything but his completion percentage has been elite uh, for the most part, like over 10 adjusted yards per pass attempt. Like his passer rating has been fantastic. His, his raw volume stat, uh, stats have been pretty solid. Um, he has some decent weapons to throw to too, which helps. But um, I mean, I, I personally really like his, uh, I mean, not many people are pumping up RJ Maryland, but like, I, I really like his tight end uh, even more so than maybe the wide receivers to throw to as, as like, even like an explosive weapon for them. But He's out. Um, he got injured against against uh, Navy, and so that just makes this another situation where the line's way the heck off, like at least by a field goal. And so I bet this all the way to uh, a six and a half, easy, if not seven, uh, or or higher, but six and a half for sure, uh, because Tulane's just way better across the board. They have the better quarterback, yeah. um, and this is just it's just it's going to be no contest. No, I'm 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 with you. Where I I I am actually going to go ahead and just I think 47 is too low of a total for this game. I'm just going to go ahead and take the over on the total because the overs are fun, as we talked about earlier. <laughs> They're fun, and and oh. books know it, so <laughs> and they know it, and so they put it there for a reason. And um, no, I I get it. I I do think this total's a little. A little too low. I'm going to take the over 47. If you go back through these offenses and what they're scoring, I know we have some backup quarterbacks involved, that kind of thing. But like, yeah, Tulane's motivation is going to be there to kind of blow this out, I think, as well. So um, you definitely got me leaning towards Tulane to cover, maybe even grabbing a couple extra points there. Because SMU's moving on this year, right? Am I am I wrong on that? SMU's moving on to uh, yeah. greener pastures for free. They're just like, hey. Yeah, yeah. We've got too much money as it is. Yeah, so maybe maybe they don't care is all I'm saying. I saw SMU. I came to the uh, New Mexico Bowl last year. I live in wonderful Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I came to the New Mexico Bowl with SMU and BYU, and I left by halftime because it was freezing cold. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was some scoring. <laughs> there, was some, there was some scoring happening. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on the over. I, I love the um, – I also uh, love Tulane to, to cover this as well. So yeah, I'm right there with you. All right, we got a lot of we got a lot of agreeing going on here. I'm curious uh, too much how, agreeing. 
if that Watch. sticks. But uh, let's head over to the Sun Belt, the Fun Belt. App State plus five versus Troy, total 53 and a half. I'm, I, where Eric likes to bet overs, I like to take favorites. Uh, so talk me out of Troy. <laughs> can, can you talk me out of Troy, Travis? Because I would just go like minus five. I'd be like, yeah, they seem like that. That seems like not enough. I think they win by a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, I think they probably do as well. However, it's just, it's not a play for me because uh, I, I really like Joey Aguilar uh, for uh, App State. I think he's probably actually going to be um, an NFL kind of clipboard holder <laughs> who who makes some good money at the next level. Like he's That's really good. actually been in, incredible like, this year. Like his, uh, by most numbers, he's like a top five G5 quarterback. If you don't adjust for strength of schedule, he's like a top 15 passer uh just packed if you like by the passing metrics in the entire country if you adjust for strength the schedule it's you know he's still top 25 ish in the entire country um and he plays for app state like that's not who they normally have throwing the ball that's so right. I, that makes that makes me nervous uh going up against troy however troy's also like by most people who build power rating systems um regardless of how you you want to weight it they're they're a fringe top 25 team um uh, in the country Overall, and Kamani Vidal yeah. is fantastic on the ground. Um, so I, I, I really like a lot of uh, their skill position players as well. Uh, it's just it's it's one of the situations where the quarterback just scares me to to really confidently take Troy. That that plus five is just an interesting spot. I, I, I it just makes it it makes it think it makes you think it's a real value because you want to give them a full touchdown, but. I think that line's super fair, so I'm I'm gonna stay away from that. However, I do think the best play is the under because whoever gets control of the game is gonna try to grind it out. Like Troy, Troy loves yeah. to do that, and, and so if they get control of the game, they're gonna try to grind it out. If App State gets control of the game, they're they they're not afraid to run it either. Like they've got a like a two or three headed monster that can can grind it out on the ground too. So they're gonna be trying to limit possessions, I think, on both sides because Troy doesn't want Aguilar to have the ball. And, uh, you know, <laughs> nobody wants Troy to have the ball either. Cause like they, they, so it's just, I feel like this could be a keep, keep away situation, you know, the, the, with the middle, middle outcome for, for points per game, I guess what 55, it's a shade lower with the, the, the new rule changes. Um, so this is like right on the, the critical number of all college football. Uh, like this is a, yeah. this is like a middle, middle game projection. And so I would lean that this is going to be a little bit lower than a, a true middle game projection. Yeah, I actually I don't have an official pick on play on this game either. And and the reason why, like I lean Troy minus five. However, I think the one thing that scares me is this app state win against James Madison a couple weeks ago, which is like James Madison was having such an amazing season. Then App State, you know, kind of this like pretty decent team or whatever, just like pops them and and wins. And I think they have some confidence coming off of that. Um, and I don't know if I love to like just roll with Troy because then App State came out and just rolled Georgia Southern. So it's like, I don't know, man. Troy is Troy is probably outclassing them, but App State is coming in with that like swagger. And I'm obviously to this conversation bringing more of that like eye test history of what's happened the last few weeks. And it's like, Man, it's hard to pick against App State, um, who's a little bit who's on, who's on a roll here. You know, the last uh, one, two, you know, five, five or six weeks here. Or so, 
Um, I don't have an official play. I would lean Troy, I guess, but I'm probably not going to actually bet it. All right. Let's go to the ACC championship game here uh, because we've got an interesting situation where Florida State, who we just talked about a little bit, lost their quarterback. Now we've got Rotomaker in here. Tate needs to be great. Uh, maybe not, but Florida State is favored minus one and a half against Louisville. Uh, Louisville, we uh, I think everyone was talking about how easy of a schedule they had, how nice of a path they had. Well, they outperformed um, the, the win total. They hit the over on that. They've been a solid team. Um, I'm rooting for them just so that Oregon has an easier shot because I don't want Florida well, yeah. State to be undefeated. Um, but Florida State's defense is amazing. Travis, you and I have talked about Trey Benson for a while now. What an incredible running back at Florida State. Really hard for me to pick against them, even though my boy Travis is out. Um, so I still think I lean Florida State. I'd love for Louisville to win, though. But minus one and a half, again, um, I just think all the other players around there um, are going to be enough. And, and Rotomaker uh, did play. I was listening to the Cover 3 podcast, and they pointed out that Rotomaker did play against Louisville last year and, and, and came in and uh, threw three touchdown passes. So he's he, he, he has that confidence coming into this game. So give me Florida State. Um, I'm excited to watch Trey Benson. Well, I'm not really excited to watch it at all, but uh, just because of my loyalties being elsewhere. But once I put money on it, I'll be excited to see it. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm staying away from this game, dude. <laughs> it's, it's it's rough. I, I, I this is not. I'm I'm pretty confident in a lot of spots this week, as as you know, you can tell by some of my other leanings uh, on this very show. But I'm not confident in this in this situation. Like Trey Benson, like just showed up and, and randomly got three touchdowns. Like like he just hasn't done that this year for the most part. You know, like he has like a crazy explosive play, and I love him. He's probably running back two, maybe three in this upcoming draft class, Keon Coleman, a lot of people, he's like a top 10 pick projection for a lot of people. And so, I mean, he shouldn't be, but yeah, like not he, for us, but he's not for us. Like he disappears for 13 and a half uh, minutes of every quarter and, or more, um, you know, th- really it's like three quarters and 13 and a half minutes. Uh, <laughs> That's right. There's but, one highlight catch. Yeah. But uh, so I don't really have faith in him. Like the, like Johnny Wilson, uh, uh in games where they both play like he's been uh the guy they've leaned more into actually but uh they have some really fun skill position players like i, I sound like i'm really knocking them they're, they're all going to the nfl so is jihan bell but um tate rodemaker i think his eyes got big a, a couple times especially early in the game against florida uh and louisville is going to bring even better pressure uh as they've done all season long and i know this, the schedule's been a little bit softer but they actually bring a lot of pressure as a defense. underrated defense. I don't think really many people know how good defense. their defense is. No, like in, in a lot of key spots, they've come up big to really keep them in games, even when Plummer has struggled. Like early in the season, like Plummer was balling. Like he was like, looking like a top 12, 13, 14, 15 quarterback in the country for like the first four or five weeks. And then he had a few games where he threw like two interceptions or three, three total turnovers and was blowing it. And their defense still kept them in games. And I think their defense is going to keep them in this one against the backup quarterback who struggled for at least half that last game. Um, and I think he's going to struggle more this week, but I don't, I'm not confident enough to say, Hey, definitely play the Louisville side or Hey, definitely go with the under. Cause I really don't know how this is going to play out, man. Like, cause Louisville can hit ridiculously explosive plays too. Like they, uh, Jawar Jordan has been 
yeah. uh, absurd. Like he'll, he'll just randomly pop off a, like a 90 yarder out of nowhere. And I'm like, Hey, that completely flipped the game script. The over under live jumps an entire touchdown. And what are we doing? So uh, I'm not staying. I'm just staying away from betting this one. I, I can't either. I just can't do it. <laughs> you guys have a, a, I'm, I'm a sorry. Lean on the on the total or a, a team total or just complete. I know it makes for void. terrible podcasting to not give people any ideas. Um, I guess I'd lean towards Florida State pulling this off um, and just taking them on the money line at minus one twenty two. I think I saw last. Um, that would probably be my lean just from like talent level perspective, the few Louisville games that I've watched, those kind of things. But to be honest, like it's so hard when you have an injured quarterback and we're looking at a championship game and trying to figure out if they're actually going to pull this off. And I, I just, I don't know. I just, I lean towards, uh, I lean towards the more overall talented team and college football and it's going to be Florida state, but I'm not making that an official pick. So (laughs) I would lean with the over and I I generally do not, especially this time of year because people and books are baking in their, their line leans, even with heavy action in one, one side or the other to kind of shade uh, with the under uh, or shade to the over knowing that the true median outcome, like I said, lives in uh, where the under is. But I think in this case, because of the explosive play rate for these guys, um, there could be one or two hits long for a Keon Coleman or a Johnny Wilson or Trey Benson or Gerard Jordan uh, or Jamari Thrash, who's been ridiculously efficient for his entire career. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, if I would, if I had a play, I'll go over because 47 and a half is not hard to hit in a game where, uh, you know, the, the implied total is that they're basically like a coin flip. Like the line says they're basically yeah, a coin good. flip. So, yeah. Yeah, this might be one of uh one of my same game parlay specials. Take Florida State plus three and a half and over forty four or something like that. You know, um, let's see where we can tease that thing to and and see if we can have some fun. But um, I'll, I'll look at that while while uh, Eric lead us into the promised land, the Big Ten. We're going yeah. to Indianapolis to Lucas Oil to see what's sure to be the least exciting game. This is. Of- of the weekend um this is not, not going to be a fun game so no. so well i try to look for a fun yes it is because you, you got to bet that <laughs> under 0.5 under 0.5 first half total for iowa i know that uh, other shows are probably yes. talking about this i've seen it got yes. just smash that smash that that's why this game is going to be fun uh, iowa under okay. 0.5 points for the for, for the first half total uh, I, that, that's a lock right there <laughs> that's i gross. love that i mean <laughs> <laughs> they they have they were shut out by Penn State, thirty one to zero. So yeah. it's not unprecedented. <laughs> Whatever all so, points under you can find, guys. Iowa's Big Iowa. Ten, yes, <laughs> Iowa's Big Ten schedule is so bad, and like the teams they've beaten and still gotten the under is so bad. Since they lost to Penn State, thirty one to zero, they're playing just the bottom of the barrel of Big Ten teams. Um, so I'm actually going to go with, uh, Michigan minus eight and a half in the second half, because I'd like to think that Iowa as a very defensive team holds up, comes out with a lot of energy. Hey, we actually made it to the big 10 <laughs> championship. Uh, but in the end, Michigan is able to take that game over and score probably, you know, go 10 zero in the second half or something like that. 
um, at the very least, if not more than that. So I really like the minus eight and a half in the, in the second half piece for Michigan. Um, you know, I think it's the same in the first half if you want to, if you like that more. Um, however, I just think you wear out Iowa's defense and they can't hold up with a team like Michigan. This has got to be the most mismatched championship game that we're looking at, right? Is this the biggest spread? Yeah, this is by far the biggest spread. It's not even, it's not even close. So give me Michigan minus eight and a half in the second half because Iowa can't score to keep up with that anyway. So how, how crazy is it that this is the largest spread and the lowest total? Like, I mean, (laughs) you've got to suck to some oh, extreme man. level for that to be the I, case. I was like, listening to someone else. I was listening to another podcast today, and I think they were saying that this is the um, – ah, shoot, I wish I could give them credit. I'm forgetting who it was. That I think this is, like, the biggest, like, disparity in, like, point total to spread or something. It's got to be – it's, like, one of the biggest ever, like, kind of a thing. Like, it's it's pretty nuts, man. Like, <laughs> to be able to have a minus 22 spread and a 34-point point total is crazy. It, it is insane. Guys, Deacon Hill is the worst quarterback, um, not just in the Power <laughs> Five. He's the worst quarterback in the entire country. Like it, there's not, a, there's not a G5 team that rolls out a worse starter every week than Deacon Hill. The guy, he can't complete half his passes. Like Seriously, it's, it's below 50% completion rate on the season. His expected Oof. points added per play is below .08, which is, you know, like 10 times lower than Jaden Daniels 10 <laughs> times. Like it is. I mean, it's, it's hard to fathom how inefficient that any living, breathing human being with an arm could be. Like it's just, it's so bad. Like, and they don't have any weapons. Like they have a blocking tight end as their only receiving weapon. This year. Like, I guess, in, I guess what, what's his face? Caleb uh, Brown. Is, this, is that it? Or yeah. Is, Caleb Brown transferred yes. from Ohio state. Yeah. You know, cool. Like, you know, he's, he's got a pulse, uh, you know, that's fine. <laughs> uh, Nico uh, Regani, uh, you know, that's, that's your player. Who's got like under nine yards per catch on the season. Like, what are we doing guys? There's, there's no weapons. Um, man, it, it's, it's disgusting. So just under 0.5 first half total. Uh, just bet wherever you what, what the best odds you can get for zero points scored for Iowa would be my plan. <laughs> yeah, you're a madman. I'll just take the game total under. Um, there's a world where Michigan puts up 40. I don't think they're going to. I yeah. think you know they just need to win and get they out of there. They don't need to. They don't need yeah. to yeah. win and go home. I, I think you know I could see this 27 to six or something like that. Which take the under six and a half or whatever it is, uh, and that probably means that. The first so half that, they, they didn't like, hit it. So you like the minus 22. I feel like we need to come up with a real clever same game parlay for this, just out of pure fun of like, you know, Michigan minus 20, and then the game total over minus 19 and a half or something like that. Like we just need like like let's just assume Michigan's gonna win this 20 to zero and uh j- just nail that prediction or something <laughs> in, in um in soccer betting you can bet win to nil which is just like betting for a shutout yes we should do that for this, for this game michigan to I, win to nil i mean like i think we should just throw it out there on the socials just for kicks and just just see what happens i think it'd be a lot of fun 
Yeah. Um, right. Let's talk about some of the players. J.J. McCarthy, absolutely stud. Oh, yeah. We the can't just team. talk about Deacon Hill and then <laughs> call it good for this game. Um, so J.J. McCarthy, another quarterback who uh, has, has really climbed this year. Um, not too surprising, but he's done what he's had to do, which – hasn't been he hasn't been asked to do a lot but he's done what he's been asked to do um Blake Corum Edward Donovan Edwards of course and then um I know Roman Wilson's been getting a lot of touchdowns this year um why can't I remember the name of their tight end love Austin something Loveland Loveland see so you know Loveland's a city just right up north of me no but it is Loveland <laughs> um so some of these guys I think we should talk about just from a fantasy football perspective too well Loveland is going to be like in the tight end one mix for uh, 2025, like he's a baller. And I know a lot of people just figure out he existed this past week because he was clearly a part of the game plan to just dominate in that kind of seam space and uh, short and in, in, intermediate area where they felt like they had an, a, a, an advantage in space against some of the the less than quick linebackers uh, for the Buckeyes. And so Loveland is just a, an, an absolute mismatch nightmare. And McCarthy's trusted him all season long. Some back shoulders, just the back shoulder stuff. Uh, whether it's outside the numbers, up the seam, covered by two defenders, it doesn't matter. Uh, Loveland's been really fun when Roman Wilson hasn't been open. So I think he's only getting better. And so that's the guy I'm most excited about because I think the draft capital implied for him might be the highest. Actually, yeah. among all the players uh, on the offensive side of the ball, except for maybe McCarthy. You know, like, seriously, like, I know that Roman Wilson is probably a day two wide receiver. Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, people want to be really high on them. A lot of people yeah. projected Corum to go early, but I don't think he's going to go super early. Yeah. So Loveland's probably like a round two tight end projection at this point for 2025. So uh, maybe high. Like, so he's he's really freaking good. So that's that's who I'm watching. He's he's again going to be a massive uh, matchup nightmare against really whoever they play against him. Roman Wilson is a matchup problem because he's like got four three seven ish kind of speed. Uh, but he's not super strong, so if you face him against like a pretty physical corner, like he's not going to ball out. Um, but even if Loveland goes down, we saw AJ Barner immediately catch a ball. Like he's probably going to go to the Shrine Bowl this year. Like he's good enough. So I think just the the depth that Michigan brings makes them incredibly dangerous. Uh, even though they're not elite names that you know, uh, they they have like a bunch of clones of each other. That even if one player goes down, like if Roman Wilson goes down, okay, that's fine. Tyler Morris comes in, or Samaj Morgan comes in. Uh, you know, if, if Cornelius Johnson goes down, they just go like heavy, like 12, 13 personnel and they're fine. So it's just like whatever you do, a lot of Michigan options. has an answer. Like if, if if they just decide to like throw a triple option, which is what they did a couple of weeks ago, they can do that and win. So uh, I, I'm just excited to see where a lot of these guys go, but definitely Loveland, definitely Roman Wilson and the running backs are fine, but Edwards has certainly disappointed this year. Yeah. Yeah, we both were on the Edwards is greater than Corum train, and I don't That's think draft capital wise yeah. is going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah. Y'all are going to be really disappointed to hear this, and I don't usually put. I love DraftKings; they're my preferred betting app. But you know the best number? They're only giving you Iowa under seven and a half, juiced at minus one ninety five. <laughs> so really? you can't even you can't even get them for less than a touchdown because they don't want to lose their lunch. Sheesh. Yeah, so a, a, a thing about DraftKings that I just happen to know is they, in general, because of uh, user activity, like shade shade to the under with all the juice harder than uh, almost any other book out there because they, they they know their typical user profile. So 
Yeah. Underplays. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, um, this has been fun. We're at an hour and 11, so a little bit longer. So what we're going to do now is we are going to do just a quick lightning round where we're just going to go back through all the games and just give our pick. Nothing more, nothing less, so that we can get through to the end. And this also will give us a nice little bite so that if you didn't want to listen to this whole podcast, you could have just captured this um, over on the socials. So do follow us at Ready Bet Action. You can follow um, Eric at Doran underscore Eric. You can find me at Stay Fun Co. And, of course, Travis May at FF underscore Travis M. You can find the College to Canton podcast wherever you find your podcast. You can also find us on the Rotoviz main feed uh, and of course, Travis, uh, not doing as much writing and stuff like that anymore now that you're uh, over at Mojo, but you are often guesting on podcasts. So follow Travis and you can get a lot of great content. Um, I know that I, I always give him credit, but I steal some of his stuff or reference his stuff when talking about players and props and stuff like that on the betting podcast. So a lot yep. of you are familiar with him. So without any further ado, we are going to run down our favorite picks for college Football championship week. We're going to start with New Mexico State plus 11 and a half versus Liberty with a total of 56 and a half. I am on Liberty minus 11 and a half. Travis? I, well, I'm not. So <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to, I think what, I don't even remember what I said earlier, but we're I'm, on I'm the over, gonna, I believe. Yes, I'm just going to stay with the over. I think that's probably the most confident play. It's the, the quarterbacks are both really solid. Uh, there's going to be a lot of points in this game. So I'll, I'll go with the over. Yep. I'm over 56 and a half as well. I think that's a touchdown better than the last time these two teams played. Yep. Pack 12. We've got Oregon minus nine and a half against Washington with a total of 65 and a half. I abstain from this one as an Oregon <laughs> pessimist. I'm going to go with the under. Uh, I think I kind of framed it up pretty well earlier, but both teams have not been getting to that 66 point mark. Uh, in any of the three last games, I think for most of them, they probably could have if Oregon kept the gas on. But I lean with the under, knowing what Washington's looked like as well in the previous weeks. Yeah, I actually think Oregon's going to win, but I'm going to take Washington to still get over three and a half touchdowns, or you can take over 27 and a half points are my two. One of the two. Don't take both. Well, I guess you could. <laughs> Half unit on each. All right, yes. we're going to head over to the MAC Championship where Miami, Ohio, plus eight versus Toledo. I am on Toledo, minus eight. Let the favorites win and let them win big this week. Absolutely. Toledo minus a billion. I don't care what it is. Uh, just you say that, up. Travis. Are you going to like go to the alt line and just start scrolling until they won't let you go any further? The Get MAC up plus, I'm not plus sure 185 or something point. like that. Yes, yeah. Toledo minus 76. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopping on the band i'm hopping on the bandwagon with these guys i don't have an official play but you know what let's go with what they're saying all right toledo it is all right big 12 oklahoma state plus 15 versus texas a total of 55 eric where are you on this one uh, i got oklahoma state last time i saw it was plus 15 and a half but i'm gonna go ahead and take them plus 15 and a half uh to cover that against texas but i think we have opposite sides on this one yep this is what we did not agree Texas yep. minus 16 and a half. I don't care. That's that's what I'm betting it all the way up to. Because uh, they, they have to do it. They have advantages at virtually every single position across the board. And Alan Bowman is bad. So let's go with Texas minus whatever, really all the way up to 17. I lean the over, but no official play for me, just because I think Texas is going to try to put on some style points. Kind of nervous about a backdoor 
cover or something like that. I could see Gundy doing a, a field goal late just to get from uh, losing from 17 to lose to 14. Um, let's go over to the Mountain West. Boise State minus two and a half versus UNLV, a total of 59. I am on UNLV plus two and a half. Wrong team favored. I'm on UNLV money line. Give me them straight up to win plus 120. Yeah, this is a, a, a great place to bet the money line pretty confidently because if you if you think that the, the wrong team is favored, as I do as well, the matchups are terrible for Boise State. They don't have a quarterback at all, and they haven't all year. They've got a really good running game, but they match up horribly against Ricky White and the quarterback play there. So I will go with UNLV because this is not your older brother's UNLV football team. <laughs> All right, I love it. SEC championship game, Georgia minus five and a half against Alabama, a total of 54 and a half. I lean Georgia on this one. No official play for me. Eric, where are you? Uh, yeah, y'all talked me into it. I'm on Georgia minus five and a half. Let's go. I, I'm making an official play. I don't care. Yep, <laughs> Alabama just should have lost uh, to Auburn, who just lost to New Mexico State, and we all know how the transit of property works. Uh, but, <laughs> and, but seriously, Georgia has been the best team all season, and uh, while they've kind of messed around and played with their food for a first half and a couple spots, they, when they have to, they show up and, and uh, typically crush souls, and so I think they're probably going to do that this week. Carson Beck has been amazing. Georgia minus 5.5 is a pretty easy play for me. American Athletic Conference, the almost athletic conference, almost athletic SMU, conference. <laughs> plus three and a half, versus Tulane, total of 47. Take it away, Travis. Yeah, Tulane by, again, like a, a billion. Like, this is off by at least a field goal. So, like, all the way up to, like, Tulane minus six and a half. Seriously, I, it's, it's really fun. If you can really get an all up to a touchdown, that's, that's fine because SMU doesn't have the quarterback. They don't have the edge virtually anywhere. Uh, Michael Pratt's there and, and breathing. So, yeah, Tulane. Bet it now, folks. That line will probably move a little bit. Eric, where are you? I'm on it. I'm jumping on that. I'm gonna jump on that bandwagon too. Well, I'm not. I'm not teasing up. I'm just gonna go ahead and take the spread that they give me, which is uh, <laughs> which is Tulane minus that three and a half. But yeah, perfect. Sun Belt, Fun Belt, App State plus five versus Troy. Total of fifty three and a half. Um, again, I'm rolling with the favorite. Give me Troy minus five. I, can't, I have to stay away from the favorite here uh, but because uh, I really like the quarterback for App State. But the under here is probably the play because whoever gets up is going to want to play keep away, and the score is going to be lower than 53.5. Yeah, I just think App State's been real scrappy and had a good last five or six games of the season. Give me App State plus five. Okay, so we're on the other well, opposite sides there, Eric. Yep. ACC championship, Florida State minus one and a half, total of 47.5. I think the Knolls keep it going. Um, I like them to win it. I did come up with a same game parlay that I thought was kind of fun. I don't know nice. if this is an official play, but Florida State plus three and a half and over 20 and a half at minus 130. Kind of like that. This is a game that I could see Florida State coming out and blowing the doors off, winning by a huge number. I could see Louisville doing the same thing to them, and I could see it being a close game. I have no idea what's going to happen, so I can't wait to watch. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> hey, just give me the more talented team of Florida State on the money line at minus 122. I'm not going to get into spreads and those things. I think Florida State, uh, I know they have an injured quarterback, but just give me Florida State to win this game. Yeah, they, they really need to. I don't know what to do with Louisville and Florida State. Uh, if I had a play, which I don't have an official play, but if I did, I would go over because of the explosive play rate for a lot of the individual skill play, 
players, players for Florida State and Louisville. I mean, Jawar Thrash is incredible. Uh, has been really efficient in his entire career. Jawar Jordan has had some huge run plays. Trey Benson as well. Uh, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. There's a bunch of explosive plays waiting to happen. So 47 and a half is a little bit too low, but not really an official play for me. A game that will have very few explosive plays. The Big Ten Championship, Michigan minus 22 <laughs> versus Iowa, a total of 34 and a half. I am on the under in this one, under 34 and a half. Eric? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, um, I'm going to take Michigan minus eight and a half in the second half of the game. Uh, we're just assuming that Iowa's defense holds up for maybe a quarter and a half or so. And then, uh, you know, give me Michigan to win that second half, like, you know, 10 to zero or 13 to three or something like that. So yeah, minus eight and a half in the second half for Michigan. Under first half 0.5 points for Iowa. Any, any kind of creative line where you can get some fun odds that implies Iowa has zero points. I'm going with that. (laughs) I love it. I was listening to the cover three podcast and Bud Elliott said his model spun out, spun spun out a negative number for Iowa's team total points. (laughs) So he to manually adjust it, which I thought was absolutely perfect. (laughs) everyone thank you so much for listening travis eric thank you guys for doing this crossover episode super fun uh we will probably do it again before the playoffs uh thank you guys so much for listening again you can follow us at college to kin you can follow us at ready bet action until next time for travis may for eric doran i'm stefan laco and we will talk to you later everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body including those involved in hormonal balance from functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.